good evening. We'd like to welcome audiences to episode 7 of Alki, the gamified music improvisation podcast recorded right here in Shrewsbury, UK. My name's Benedict, and with me as always is the prolific multi-instrumentalist and music producer Andy Lowe. Hello, everyone. Thank you. And joining us this week, we have two outstanding guest musicians. That's right. Joining us on the podcast for the first time is Andrew Farrow. Andrew, tell us what you play. Hello, I am Andrew and I am a trumpeter. So, Andrew, what do you usually do on the trumpet? So, I'm normally an orchestral player. Um, So, I'm hired out to play in various orchestras to do bigger scale works, but I also dabble in a little bit of jazz now and again. Excellent. Making a second appearance on the podcast, we're joined once again by the inimitable Mr. Adrian Forster, the Force. Hello. And thanks for re-welcoming me. So, Force, what are you going to be playing tonight? I am on percussion in this little corner of the room. Adrian, of course, is responsible for the percussion on our intro music, which I don't think we mentioned last time. What an accolade. Thank you. <laughs> We're also fortunate to have sound technician Aidan Lord joining us tonight, operating the desk. Hello. Awesome. We've got plenty of exciting jams coming up tonight, which, as usual, emerge from our use of musical gamification techniques, such as using rules, restrictions and elements of chance to influence our improvised outcomes. We'll be starting off tonight with a three-note jam. Andy, could you explain to us what that involves, please? That's right, you might be able to guess, but this jam starts off with being given three random notes and they form the basis For the introduction of the jam, we can develop it as it goes on. Excellent. What are we all going to be playing for this jam? Um, How about you, Andy? I'll be picking up the saxophone for this one. Andrew, I assume you're on trumpet, is that right? I am indeed. And I've got this Scarby Wurlitzer Electric Piano multi-sample contact instrument, which I'm going to be controlling on the laptop via this 61-key MIDI controller. Now, how about the force? I have a little array of percussional items... I'm sitting on a cajon, I have some bongos nestled between my knees, I have a snare drum, I have a borrowed hi-hat, and some kind of... Is that a rototom? I'm not quite sure what it was, it was part of this revolutionary flats kit, which sounded really, really bad. <laughs> it's one of the things that I've rescued from it, but it's kind of alright in context. Excellent, and a ride symbol, of course, I can see there. Oh yes. Right. Well, in keeping with the festive holiday traditions, we'll be eschewing the previously established methods of randomization in favour of one more in keeping with the season. Therefore, no 12-sided dice and no Google random number generators whatsoever will be used on this occasion. Gentlemen, ho ho, and if you will, ho! (laughs) Excellent. Oh, well, things are definitely feeling festive in here as Benedict has just revealed to us a table full of very well-wrapped Christmas presents. This is very exciting. If each of you would please select a single present from this festive sack and unwrap it in the usual way, you'll find yourself unusually presented with any one of 12 random notes. Oh, excellent. You know what? Challenge accepted. Who's going first? One at a time? I better throw one over to you. Yes, can I have the small, delightfully wrapped brown package at the top? Thank you. Okay, Andrew, if you'd like to take your present from the sack... And it's um C. Excellent. My favourite. T sharp E flat. 
Okay, Mr. Lowe, it's your turn to take the final of these three festive notes. Fantastic. Well, I'm obviously going to go for the biggest one, because the biggest presents are the best. That is correct. uh, Comically wrapped in Brussels sprout paper. It's F sharp slash G flat. Just what I always wanted. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, so just to recap, what are our three random notes? D sharp stroke E flat. C natural. F sharp slash G flat. That gives us a diminished triad. Okay, and who's going to be starting this one? It's me, Andrew. Let me just transpose these. Okay, let's do this.
That was fun. I think from the very beginning, it was clear where that was going. I love the way that you started it, Andrew, because it was so obviously those three notes, but you also set the feel, you set the tempo, set the rhythm, everything with, with your intro. It was brilliant. Actually, I really enjoyed it because those three notes actually created a diminished triad, um, uh, which meant it was, it, was, it was almost easier to make a sort of melody out of it. It was almost designed for jazz. And also, I think it's clear that you two, Andes, um, have both played with each other before. I think you've got a certain synchronicity going. We haven't played all that much. No, we haven't. And trumpet. We've done a few jazz things together. We, I think I remember we had a solo off once, which was particularly enjoyable. Granted, this man wiped the floor with me, but... <laughs> he wipes the floor with a lot of things. Now, how about the force? What do you reckon? Well, I like the, the sharpness that the trumpet brings in, because it's just such a... The rhythm is defined by the trumpet. It's kind of people don't realise it's such a rhythmic instrument, but it is, isn't it? Because it's just so it's got no sustain. It's just whoop. excuse me, that's not a terrible rendition of a trumpet. <laughs> but. Do you think that that counts as a specific type of jazz? I don't know. I don't know. It was quite a Latin feel, wasn't it? Mm. Excellent. Okay. That was fantastic, and I'm excited that next up is one of my favourite jams. That's right, Andy. Our next jam of the night is Patch Exchange. Uh, Would you like to tell us what we're going to be doing in this jam, please? Yeah, I'd love to. So in Patch Exchange, me and Benedict have actually done a bit of homework to prepare for it. We have each designed for the other a patch, a sound, using software, and we are going to reveal the sound that we have prepared for the other to play in this next jam. So Andy and I are now going to play the patches that we've made for each other. So Andy, if you'd like to go first. Okay, I can't wait. Let's see what this sounds like. Well, that sounds like a siren. Sounds like a kind of side chaining effect. Is that an LFO? Yes, it's um, it's not actually side chaining, but it is that effect. It sounds like it's kind of string-based. Yes, it's using um, using some orchestral strings, which are actually having their volume affected by the Shaper tool in Ableton Suite. Okay. The, the Shaper, which allows you to create kind of uh, patterns, in this case, not a very exciting pattern. It's a really metallic sound. Well, <clears throat> you should try turning that macro and see what happens then. Oh, I will. Uh, so when I bring the macro in, it's introducing an arpeggiated synth, is it? Yeah, so it's yeah, it's playing the chord shape through an arpeggiator to give it the, the kind of the, the gated rhythm. Cool. Okay, so I am now going to attempt to play this patch which Andy has made for me. Here we go. <laughs> wow. So lots of uh, delicious analog swirliness there. It sounds like you're using um, um, oscillator sync. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not just sure what root oscillators you might be using there. Well, this patch was made using Ableton's wavetable synth. So the modulation that's going on is the um, you know changing position in the wavetable and 
There's a combination of two wavetables being used, both of which are being modulated, and one is moving through simple wave shapes and the other is a bit more complicated. Ah, lovely. Yep, I am a big fan of the wavetable synth in Ableton. Right, I'm going to try using this macro now. sounds like um, is that some extra delay and reverb that's right yeah giving it some space so that's it without and then completely changes the character of the sound well lovely okie doke adrian what are you playing for this one uh, acoustic percussion again excellent and Andrew, what are you going to be doing on this one i'm going to be sticking on the trumpet but this time i'm going to be adding something called a harmon mute with a stem extended excellent Okie doke. And since both of our patches have BPM synced components, uh, why don't we use a click track for this one? Singular idea. Now, um, Adrian, I'd like you to start this one off.
That was a really trancy track, wasn't it? That almost sounded like being in a club in the 90s. Yeah. It was very... Almost somewhere between laid back and extremely stressfully tense. Mm. <laughs> somewhere in between. Something certainly. That normality. Certainly late night music. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Three in the morning. Cityscape. But there was something about... Mine and Ben's sounds are so processed, but with Adrian and Andrew, your sounds being quite dry and quite natural, a strange kind of contradiction going on there. It did almost cut through, didn't it, a little bit? Or just sort of floated on the top. Mm. Yeah, it was nice. It's that kind of contrast that I love. I think I, I prefer to have the acoustic instruments with no effects on them whatsoever, so the contrast is as stark as possible between the, the kind of the ethereal, reverby, delay, riddled synths that we're using. Um, I don't know, have you ever heard of the genre synth wave? No, I haven't. Ah, well... It's, it's. I'm not certain, actually. Um, it's a bit of an arbitrary name for a genre, but it's basically those kind of synths um, with kind of 1980s style percussion accompanying it. Who are some popular proponents of synth wave then? Perturbator. What's a perturbator exactly? Something that perturbs you. Yes. Oh. It's specific, thank you. Educational. Excellent. So what music have we all been listening to this week? How about you, Andy? Well, yeah, we talk about this on the podcast every time. And I, I think often the, the things we talk about are quite obscure and a little bit out there. But to be honest with you, I am really enjoying Dua Lipa's new track that's out um, called Don't Start Now. I think it's so well produced. It's sort of a disco-inspired track, and, um, you know, the bass in it is just amazing. So I was dancing around my studio to that the other day. Adrian, what have you been listening to? I'm expecting <laughs> expecting it to be something quite obscure, if I'm honest. Well, I've been doing a flurry of listening because I am in the midst of my 30-day free trial with a popular music provider, <laughs> And so I feel like I've got to try and explore every avenue of that while I've got it. But obviously, one good listen leads to another, leads to another. Um, I've been listening to this, uh, I believe he's a French electronic music artist called Rhone, as in R-O-N-E. Amazing album called, I believe it's called Mirapolis or something like that. It's kind of very Philip Glass-esque, but it's kind of all electronic, but dancey even. You have to listen to it. It's a, it's a masterpiece, actually. Ooh. And another thing, um, a British kind of hip-hop artist, sort of, who also is in the jazz sphere, called Alpha Mist. He does a little bit of rapping and stuff. It's quite mellow. He's still developing his style, but it's pretty good. Great. Some hot tips there from the force. Mm. Andrew, how about you? Well, actually, at the moment, I'm working up to a couple of auditions for Conservatoire, so I've just been look listening over and over and over and over uh, my audition pieces, one of which is called Tico Tico Non Fuba. Um, which is a really snazzy, sort of jazzy, Latin almost piece, um, uh, which is great fun. So I've been listening to that over and over and over again, um, uh, particularly a version by Hercules Brass, which is a very famous brass ensemble uh, that's been going for about 30 years now, I think. Benedict, what about you? Oh, cheers. Yes, um, um, I'd like to thank Martin Christie, who's the administrator of the EMOM Facebook group, the electronic music open mic night movement 
for this one, who um, he organises dedicated, regular performance opportunities for electronic and experimental musicians all over the UK and beyond. But he recommended to me this third compilation album, which the EMOM have released. Um, I've been listening to it this week on my phone. It's called You Might Not Like This, Volume 3. I've been finding that whole thing to be a brilliantly representative snapshot of the diverse cross-section of music that producers are making at the moment. It's great to know that there are communities being so productive and finding audiences. And I'll definitely be checking out some local EMOM events next time they come to my area. And um, yeah, also their website have introduced me to the concept of live coding. All right. Like as a musical instrument. Oh, Algo Rave. What? I read an article about the Algo Rave scene in Sheffield <laughs> where the music was produced live by people coding, typing the code, and the code was projected so you could see the code <laughs> as they were producing it and the music was derived from the code. So, so what do you mean by code? Do you mean literally they were typing code into a computer and it was producing sound? I yes. assume it's, it's kind of um, algebraic equations that... Or equate to musical, like a, a rhythm or a sequence or something. I've actually had a little go at this because after I read the article, I thought that sounds amazing. And I downloaded the software that you needed. It was mm. all free and I had a little go. And it's just like, you know, learning to code in JavaScript or something. You you type your function and... I mean, I find it all fascinating. If there are any live coders listening, then please get in touch and we'll definitely feature you on the show. So next up, we'd like to debut an all-new jam, which we call Cantus Firmus. Now, that's Latin, isn't it, Andy? That's right, and the term and its use in music goes back hundreds of years. The Cantus Firmus is a part of a song that everything else was built on. So typically, they would take a chant, a Gregorian plain chant, and then use that tune as sort of the bass line to compose all the other parts on top of. So we are taking this really uh, almost ancient method of composition and using it here in an alky context. So we use the first four notes of a song as a sustained root note and the source melody becomes unrecognisable. That's pretty much it, yes. Now, needless to say, as long as we're not using it as a melody and we're not using the original rhythm... Um, there is no reasonable grounds for litigation. I certainly hope so. Um, plus, these notes are a jumping off point and we'll probably be deviating from them fairly soon after the track starts. So, what track are we going to be deriving from tonight? Well, none other than 1987 classic, voted the most Christmassy song of all time by edgy Radio 2 listeners on both sides of the Irish border. It's Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. Now, who's going to be playing what on this track? How about you, Andy? I'm back on the saxophone. And Andrew? I'm still going to stick on the trumpet, but I might try out a few different mutes this time. Uh, what kind of mutes do you have with you? So at the moment, I have the Harmon mute, which we heard earlier. Um, and the I have a cut mute and a straight mute. Excellent. And how about the force? Um, acoustic percussion again. And I'm using what is actually a cajon stick, so it's meant to be used for the cajon, but I'm using it for everything but the cajon, actually, because I realised I just like the sound, it's quite a mellow sound. It's kind of like a hot rod, but made of many plastic tassels, all together, 
and nice. I just don't like sharp sounds really, and this is nice and mellow. Out of interest, what's the advantage to using a stick or gahan instead of hands as you normally would? I don't know, that's why I don't use it. Fair enough. <laughs> ben, what are you going to play on this track? Um, via the computer, I'm going to be playing a bowed string patch using 8DO's prepared double bass layered with a cello performance patch from Spitfire Audio's alternative solo strings. And I'll be starting off playing sustained notes like a bass line for the Cantus Firmus. Right, are we all ready? You bet. Yes. Affirmative. Okay, let's have a jam. You know what? That sounded a lot like a movie soundtrack. Did it sound like a Christmas movie soundtrack? <gasps> no. <laughs> Maybe well, a, a war movie? Quite possibly, actually. I mean, the whole rising uh, fifths sort of thing that uh, I did at the beginning almost sounded a little bit like the last post that you play it, um, on the 11th of November. Kind of like hope and desperation all at the same time. Oh, yeah, it? I like that. Yeah. To me, it sounded like the point in the film where... 
you just think all hope is lost. But then the hero rises from the ashes, weak and trembling, but with a newfound confidence that victory can be achieved, mainly because of the music that's playing. Obviously, yeah. I actually found that harder than other jams, which have been a lot faster and involved more difficult sort of keys to play in. There's something strange about when something is slow and you're you're in a diatonic major key that it becomes a little bit trickier to come up with ideas. I found that. I don't know if anyone else did. Oh, decision paralysis. Maybe that's mm. it. To be honest, I find it easier because I have, especially with the faster stuff, I've got to come up with stuff a lot faster and I've got to, I end up just waggling my fingers on the valves and hoping for the best. With this, I can think ahead and I can actually plan what I'm going to do because um, I have longer to think about it. So that's how our minds work differently. Mm. Excellent. Okay, Andy, we haven't done a found sound jam for a while, so what better time to do one than next week? Andy and I have recently gathered our field recording devices and prepared for each other some found audio on the agreed topic of sounds relating to water. We'll then take these sounds away to our studios and manipulate them in readiness for our next episode, where they'll be transformed from mere sounds into musical assets from which improvisation can occur. So, if you're ready, the time has come, Andy Lowe, please, to reveal your sound. Oh, Andy. Well, that sounds to me like some kind of uh, bubbles, maybe produced by a straw in a beaker, I hope. Yes, you're right that it was bubbles actually made using a plastic cup in a bath. How did you use a plastic cup to produce bubbles? Well, I put the cup in face down so that the air is trapped inside and then release the air from the cup. I see. Yes. Well, excellent. Now, would you like to hear the found sound I made for you? I'd love to. Okay. Oh, what on earth is this? Oh, that sounds like someone breaking eggs into a glass. Very crackly, sort of. Wow. It's almost like got that rubbery balloon kind of effect, which isn't altogether pleasant. What on earth is that? Okay, so Andy Lowe would appear to have failed in detecting the source of this field recording. How about either of you guys? What do you reckon? I could have a guess. Was it breaking ice and putting it in a glass by any chance? Sort of. Um. Ice cubes out of an ice cube tray. Excellent. Um. The force takes it. Yeah. So it was an ice cube tray that has kind of, I guess, a, a rubber bottom where you can push the cubes out. And the bit that you push is, is rubber. And then, yeah, and then you get this lovely crackling ice sound as they come out and plonk into the water. What was the end bit where there was lots and lots of... Shaking it? Or? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was simply picking up the glass and kind of swirling it next to the microphone. So, yes, we've both got plenty to work with there. So next up, we're going to be doing a trigger card jam. Andy, would you like to explain to us what this jam involves, please? 
I'd love to. So each of our trigger cards has an instruction on that we have to follow, which changes the music in some way. Now, what's on our cards is known only to the person holding it. So when they reveal their card, which can be at any point during the jam, it will be a surprise to the other musicians who have to react accordingly. That's right. So we have to choose a card at random and throughout the course of the jam, the musicians are going to hold up the card and everyone else has to follow the instruction. Can we only use them once each? We can only use them once. What instruments are we going to be playing for this one? How about you, Andy? I'm switching on to the electric guitar this time. Andrew? I'm staying on the trumpet again. Adrian? Well, I'm in a kind of a similar zone all evening. Again, I'm on the acoustic percussion. Okie doke. And I'm going to be using this lithophone multi-sample contact instrument. Uh, do you know what a lithophone is? No idea. Sounds like it's made out of rocks. Yes. Rocks, exactly. Like it is a kind of a xylophone that uses bars made of rock. What so, kind of rock? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm also going to be layering my lithophone with this tuned percussion from 8DO's exotic tuned percussion library. Andy, would you like to start this one? Absolutely. Okay, let's go.
we really ran through the gamut of emotions on that one. So, yep. So mine was first, which was speed up. We certainly sped up there. We hardly stopped speeding up. (laughs) I followed that with the more notes card, which is quite hard to do after you've already sped up so much. Mine was also an increase, but more funk. Which I also felt like we did extremely well. Which is quite difficult to do because trying to lead while trying to put this card down and (laughs) (laughs) difficult. Mine was slightly easier because I had atonal. So I think we all just went a little bit mad. I was deliberately trying to leave that to the end because I felt like interrupting a song to go completely atonal and then try and get at something slightly more diatonic would be um, slightly on the difficult side. Atonal funk would be... Atonal funk would be quite interesting, actually. But Andy Lowe will not let a track finish atonally. (laughs) It had to return back to a a lovely uh, major seventh at the end there. That's right. Well, I was designated the starter offer for this jam. So I made the executive decision. (laughs) I was going to finish back on the D major seven chord that I started it with. (laughs) Excellent. So to round off tonight's evening of gamified jamming, we'll be finishing with a two chord jam. Andy, could you summarise the rules of a two chord jam, please? Yeah, sure. So this is similar to the three note jam. This time we generate six random notes but then we turn those six notes into two triads and those two triads become the the two chords that form the basis of our jam. Excellent, so we have this giant stack of presents here. Well, we need to find six more notes, so we are returning to our stack of Christmas presents. More presents for everyone. Yay! We're gonna open another six of these to find our two chords. Okay, guys, if you'd like to take another two presents each, Then we'll get those six randomly generated notes. Okay, can you open your presents now, please? Oh, my box is falling apart. I hope you remember to buy batteries. Um, I've got B natural. I've got B flat. I've got a B and a D. Oh, which one did you open first? The D. No, the B. And I have got a G sharp slash A flat. I've got an E. Excellent. So as the floor of the Alki studio is covered in a light dusting of wrapping paper. Andy Lowe, could you please tell us what are those six notes and two chords? I'll tell you the notes first and then I'll have to work out the chords. We've got G, B flat and B, which is going to be an interesting one. And our second chord is E, G sharp and D. So that's going to be an E dominant seven chord. Uh, the the first one uh, I'm going to have to think about. Um, uh, if you E with a major C? With a flat and sixth, without the bass. <laughs> or you could say it's a G minor sus, or yeah, G major, G major add four. It's got the minor yeah. and the major though, B flat and B natural. So what is, I'm puzzled about this first chord. So G, B flat and B, it's like if it's G, if G's the root note, then it's minor and major at the same time. It, it technically is some sort of, Bitonality, but bitonality normally happens one after the other instead of 
at the same time it's so we'll have to carry on this discussion through the medium of improvisation but what sound are you going to be using for this one so for this two chord jam i'm going to be using cine samples cine strings core using the double basses and cellos set one octave apart using just the staccato articulations i'm sticking with the guitar for this one but i have switched on to the overdrive setting on the amp excellent how about you andrew just for the sake of originality, I'm going to play the trumpet. No unusual mutes? Uh, not this time. I think I'm going to stick with a straight, clean trumpet. Excellent. And the force? Nothing unusual here. Same again. Percussion. Okay, guys, let's have a jam.
Wow, so that certainly deviated away from the two chord sequence that it started off at, but my goodness, wow, how epic was that? Um, Andy, how epic was that? That was so epic, it could be used as the climax final showdown soundtrack for the film that we were scoring earlier. (laughs) Wow. You know what? I felt a little out of place there. We had this epic sort of distortion and crunchiness going on. I, I, I tried a few odd things there. I tried a little bit of flutter tongue, which I don't think I've ever done before, but I, I really liked it. No, I think your flutter tongue fit perfectly. That's the closest that a brass instrument can get to distortion. Natural the, distortion, yeah. The, is it the cuivre sound, do they call it? The cuivre sound? No, I haven't. I've heard that before. Um, uh, I normally sort of, there's, there's the two kind of almost growling sounds. You have the growling, which all comes in the the back of your throat. And then you have the flutter tongue, which is a... Which is really difficult to do down a tiny mouthpiece. Maybe the cuivre sound is just for deep brass instruments. Quite possibly, yeah. The growl that you can Mm. do with a tuba and stuff. It kind of brought back memories. I forgot I used to listen to this band. It's a band called Nation of Ulysses, who are a (laughs) post-punk band. They had a trumpet player. And they'd get such harsh sounds, abrasive sounds at the trumpet. And it just, it was totally punk. There's a, um, the Robbie Williams album, Swing While You're Winning, um, is there's, there's a trumpet player in that. I can't remember the track that he plays in. But he does these stupidly high lip trills, which almost gets the same effect. It's like kind of... Um, which I wish I could do like that. Uh, something I'll, I'll, I'll try and practice. Excellent. Okay, if you'd like to receive notifications of future Alki-related goings-on, why not subscribe to any of the major podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify? But why not also follow Alki on social media, such as Instagram or Twitter, or join the Alki Podcast Facebook group? If you'd like us to use one of your tracks on a future Snippets Jam, or if you'd just like to correct Andy Lowe's pronunciation of the word Locrian... Why not email us at alkypodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And that concludes episode 7 of Alki, the gamified music improvisation podcast recorded right here in Shrewsbury, UK. I'd like to thank our special guests this evening, Mr Andrew Farrow. Thank you very much for having me. And Adrian Forster. Thank you very much. We'd also like to thank our dedicated sound technician this evening, Aidan Lord. Thank you, it's good to be here. I'm Benedict. I'm Andy. Good night. <laughs>